You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio, your web portal for the best in pop culture news and interviews. The man who will bring justice to those who have poisoned my city. My name is Oliver Queen. This is a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. PoppyChuloRadio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit GoFundMe.com slash PoppyChuloRadio and help us with our campaign. Every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo Radio experience and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Storybrooke. Welcome to Storybrooke Weekly Mirror, the unofficial Once Upon a Time podcast, a poppychuloradio.com and iTunes exclusive poppychulo radio pop culture on demand. Today is Monday, April 24th, 2017, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Once Upon a Time. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit ABC series' casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Please welcome my co-hosts, Katie. Hi guys, hope you're doing well tonight. Can't wait to talk about the episode. And Priscilla Rocha. Hey guys! Also, chiming in the exact same thing that Katie did. Looking forward to talking about the episode with y'all. Alright, so let's jump into our recap of Season 6, Episode 18, which was titled Where Bluebirds Fly and aired April 23rd, 2017. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. In flashback, Zelina befriends a young woodcutter who has been cursed and turns to her for help finding a new heart. Zelina is forced to choose between keeping her powers and her friendship with him. Meanwhile, in Storybrooke, Zelina decides to take on the Black Fairy and put a stop to her, once and for all, against Regina's wishes, and the Charmings disagree over Emma and Hook's wedding plans. So I want to get everyone's initial reaction to the episode, and uh, let's start off with Katie. Well, for starters, I will be the first to admit that I was not expecting much from this episode. I kind of wasn't that excited for it even and then 
It was really good. I really liked it. Um, I think that it was well paced, and we got we finally got some good moments for Zelina at the end there, and um, <clears throat> we got really good charming family scenes and some good flashbacks. I just I think it was really well done. I enjoyed it a lot more a lot more than I thought I would. So. That's always appreciated. Well, damn. What about you, Priscilla? <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say it because Brittany isn't here to say it. We have confirmation that they've boned. Yes. Oh. Thank, thank goodness. There, there you go. Just because of that, this would have gotten a freaking golden apple for me. But the episode was good. Like, I, 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 I don't go in expecting, like good or bad i just want to watch the episode and it it delivered and the magic for me it delivered on the whole sense of family and sense of belonging for me i loved the flashbacks and that whole bit with them trying to find a venue for the wedding it was sweet and beautiful and i don't know like seeing emma happy and seeing the charmings finally like interact do things like everything about this episode made me feel happy i liked it all right now and we are three for three i really enjoyed the episode i like zelina so a zelina flashback is not something that i try to avoid i know that there are a lot of zelina haters out there but i enjoyed what we saw in the past i loved the addition of the oz i caught i iconography and uh, all that kind of stuff into the storyline i thought that was really great and uh, the present day storyline was really interesting and uh, we finally i guess have gotten a uh, zelina redemptive arc it was a long time coming but i'm glad that we can finally move her storyline forward in uh, the present day so I really enjoyed the episode as a whole. And uh, yes, there was confirmation to the bonage, but uh, I already knew that they there was bonage. But I'm glad that everyone else now can see the bonage, I guess. See the, what? See the after you effects. You that real weird. <laughs> yes. They have confirmation too. Alright, so before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of Once Upon a Time, here's our announcer with a few reminders on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash storybrookweeklymirror. Follow us on Tumblr, storybrookweeklymirror.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror.
and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. All right, let's get into it. Quick shout out to the opening title card, which featured the Emerald City of Oz as seen in uh, the Enchanted Forest or Through the Forest. And uh, we always start off in the past. So we start off with a young Zelina who finds uh, a woodcutter and uh, there's a chopped down tree, but there's also a bird's nest with uh, a cracked egg. And so Zelina uses her magic to restore the egg and uh, as well as placing it back on top of a tree. And a group of kids uh, start taunting her and, and basically they confess to knocking it down and uh she's you know the the uh, the bullies basically are ready to uh to taunt her some more and uh, and you know basically bully her when uh, the the young boy that was there the woodcutter named stanham uh ends up uh, defending zelina and uh, chases the boys away and uh, they have a nice little conversation where he basically tells her that uh, he doesn't see her as a monster as the bullies were, were calling her he doesn't see her as a freak you know he sees her as someone good because she used her magic for good and and he really respects and, and likes that and so years later where now adult Zelina, who has transformed into the Wicked Witch and has already taken over um, Oz and has uh, uh, done away with um, the wizard by turning him into a monkey, a flying monkey, um, she receives a surprise visit uh, while she's eating dinner from an adult Stanum, this time requesting her help and he explains to Zelina that the wicked witch of the north has cursed him he was chopping down some trees and apparently he chopped down a tree that belonged to her and um, the curse that the wicked witch of the north placed on him was that he's slowly turning into a tin man and Stanham is seeking her help to find something called the crimson heart which could restore him to human form. And uh, Zelina ends up turning him down. But Stanham is like, I need your help because there's this uh, beast in the woods that I know that you can handle. And uh, then he ends up, you know, basically telling her that she's afraid and that's why she's not willing to help him. And I love how he sort of threw a little bit of shade at her because he was like, you know, well, you can enjoy your dinners here by yourself. And um, after, you know, just basically going back and forth with Stanham, Zelina ends up changing her mind and decides to help him basically to prove that she isn't afraid. So while they're out in the woods, Stanham tells Zelina that, uh, that she doesn't have to be alone, that, uh, that she, um, you know, it seems as if she wants to be alone, but that she, she doesn't need to. And uh, he's about to tell her, you know, the one thing that she needs to do when all of a sudden a huge lion comes out of nowhere and jumps on Stanham, attacks him, and ends up dragging him into the woods. Zelina ends up fighting off the lion when she finds the lion alone, but um, 
but then uh, the lion overpowers her. Stanum arrives at just the, the right moment and, and uh, startles the lion off of Zelina. And then Zelina uses some of her magic to zap the lion, which um, causes the lion to whimper away. As Zelina said, uh, you know, oh, I thought you guys were like the king of uh, the king of beasts, but you're just a coward. So they end up heading or finding the location of the Crimson Heart, and uh, they learn that the only way for the Crimson Heart to work is that it needed to absorb another person's magic completely. So it's, it was starting to absorb all of uh, Zelina's magic, and, and then she stopped it, and Zelina basically was like, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm not giving up my magic for you. And uh, Stanum, well, in the beginning, uh, Zelina thought that Stanum ha had, like, aligned with Dorothy and that kind of thing. And, and Stanum's like, I don't know who this Dorothy person is. So I was seeking you out for your help because you were my friend. And uh, Zelina basically is like, I'm sorry, but I'm not willing to give up my magic for anyone including you and Stanum is basically like so you're willing to be alone for the rest of your life and Zelina's like that's fine by me and so we see Stanum turn completely into the Tin Man and uh, Zelina ends up taking the uh, Crimson Heart for herself and she returns back to uh, the Emerald City and she continues on with her dinner by herself. So let's get into it. Let's get into the Oz of it all. The Cowardly Lion, the Tin Man finally appear on Once Upon a Time. What did we think of it? Uh, we'll start off with Priscilla. Man, before that I'm gonna like give props to like Usually child actors aren't great. Like they they still haven't like refined their craft and stuff, but I feel like the actress that plays um young Zelina is really like she kind of captures that whole like lonely spirit, that mm -hmm. kind of anger really well. Like, yeah, yeah, I like her. I wish that we had I like do. one more scene showing her friendship with Stanum a little bit more like had mm -hmm. they like maybe they they had like turned that um that scene because it was like two scenes where like he got dragged away with the line and then they like you know zapped him I wish that they would have combined that into one scene and they would have had a little bit more time to like show their friendship develop a little bit more yeah. as kids it would have been nice if we could have had that yeah but to, like, I, I agree with what show you're saying. she's definitely really Good yeah, just to show actor. the friendship a little bit more well-rounded. But I, I like the actress as well. I'm glad that they brought her back, even if it was for just a, a scene. Mm -hmm. I think it's they, they probably don't do that because it's really hard with once being all like tangled up within a timeline to put in stuff without completely like negating a certain character's like impetus for like doing things and like mm -hmm. you can see why they didn't do it but it's a disappointment to, yeah. to not get more because mm -hmm. they, well, they always the they don't have the time either yeah because they always seem to do that with like the childhood friendships because if we rewind a couple episodes ago 
with uh, Gideon and um, I forget the boy's name, but like his cellmate, like we had already Mm, like learned of his friendship because he sort of told us an exposition a few episodes before that. But to like have seen it, like it might have been a little bit nice just to have gotten like another little scene with them as kids because then all of a sudden like the following scene, they were adults basically and uh yeah i don't know they always seem to rush like the childhood friendships when it it just would be kind of just a little bit nice to see the friendship actually develop a little bit more beyond sort of like the initial uh quote-unquote meet cute basically but continue on Mm -hmm. priscilla uh apart from that like i i loved that part of the flashback the introduction of the lion before he becomes the cowardly lion and the introduction of the, I forget what the guy's name is. Stanum, like, the Tin Man. Stanum. The, the, the introduction of Stanum as a Tin Man. Like that was super cool. Like this is why the lion is cowardly. Not because he's just born that way, but because he got zapped by Zelina and he doesn't want to be hurt anymore. Like again, like al- although like, when he pinned her, I was expecting bad stuff to happen. You don't get a lion pinning you and escape from that. But apparently Zelina can because she used to have friends. Aww. But I don't know. Like, Can I say like I love when um, it makes like no difference because hell, he turns into tin. But I like when they use minorities as like the... the the fairy tale like character like the tin man mm-hmm. didn't have to be a black man yeah but he mm-hmm. is and it's it, it's nice it's nice to see things like this i i, I kind of feel also happy that they call back to what's going on right then and there with uh zelina what are you doing like just by yourself like terrorizing munchkins there's nothing else that you're doing and she's like no i'm working on the spell to go back to the past and we know her as such like and we can pinpoint then where she is in the timeline as a as a casual viewer maybe like you don't get that but you're rewarded as someone who watches the show Mm -hmm. like and looks into the details and i liked like usually i give them shit for um the the props that they use like but that heart was super cute like I loved everything about this this thing. Maybe not um, him turning into Tin, but you can't expect that much from like special effects and makeup. And it, for for what it, it is, it was passable. That's the yeah. only nitpick I have. I didn't mind the CGI either, and I thought the lion was actually pretty decent. Uh, I didn't think it was that bad I, I read a lot of like mixed reviews oh, really? some people didn't really <laughs> like, like it uh, i don't know i didn't i, mean, okay, I didn't think it was it as looked... i don't think it was as bad as some of the other stuff no. that we've seen i think it looked fine when it was more stationary but when it was like jumping around i was like oh no oh gosh i didn't think <laughs> it was that bad it didn't look like minecraft to me so well, so no. that was a that was a bonus <laughs> now can i ask a question to our oz files do we have do we have anybody that's an Oz fan? Uh, it depends what you're asking. Well, I was going to ask, is the name Stanum at all in Oz? Is that related to Oz? And is the Crimson Heart <laughs> in the Oz mythology? I was just curious. Well, 
the heart thing obviously relates to well no I, the tin man needs a heart yes yeah. but like crimson but, heart but is that crimson like a real thing itself? um i want to say yes and i want to say yes in the stanum thing too but i'm not sh- let me let me do some research real quick Okay, well, well... I'll get back with you. Okay, well, then I'll give my opinion. I was actually going to go to you, okay. to Kay- Katie, but uh, Katie's doing okay. research, listeners. Uh, I enjoyed the flashback. I love seeing young Zelina. I thought she played off really well with young Stanum. Like, they, they were... They, it was like a cute little meet-cute, even though it didn't turn romantical. Like, I, I, I saw the sparks of friendship there, and that was really nice to see. And I think that can be difficult, especially between like young actors who maybe are, are meeting for the first time on set and that kind of thing. But I, I instantly felt like, uh, you know, friendship, bro TP type of chemistry off of both of them, which was nice to see. And I like that he saw through like all of uh, like the crap that everyone else was trying to project onto Zelina, calling her a monster and a freak and, and a witch because she used magic and that kind of thing. He saw her as like a good person because she was willing to use her magic for good, which I thought was, was really nice. And it was great to see Zelina have sort of like a cheerleader, um, basically as a friend when she was younger because uh, up until this point I, I don't think we really knew that she had any friends um and then once she was an adult uh, seeing how the relationship the friendship changed uh, uh because they hadn't seen each other in so long and uh, of course she had uh, become wicked uh, that dynamic was really interesting to see and uh, seeing sort of his disappointment in uh, his former friend not wanting to help him was a little it was a little sad to see and then obviously including all of the iconic stuff from the wizard of oz in this episode that we haven't seen because we saw the scarecrow in the past it was great to see him her friend being turned into the tin man i liked the lion uh, i didn't think it was that bad uh, um and i like that uh, as uh as Priscilla said, that we saw how the lion turned into the cowardly lion. And there was even a line as he was turning into Tin where Zelina was like, well, maybe Dorothy will help you out when she returned or something like that, which sort of foreshadows into what we know of the Oz mythology. I wonder if Dorothy ends up helping the Scarecrow and the Tin Man and the Lion at some point. I, I figured it out about the Stanum thing. Okay. Mm. Stanum is Latin, and the symbol turns into FN, which is the element tin. Oh, I like oh, it. Oh, okay. Yep, that makes sense, because I couldn't find anything else. So that makes sense. That's pretty clever. I like it. Well, they've done that with other names. Like, Zelina means green. Yeah. I forget. Yeah. Is they it German? They do really cool things with choosing names. They always make sure it somehow relates to something with the character or people who are involved with movie versions of the character and stuff like that, which is cool. Yeah, I completely agree. And then the mm-hmm. Crimson Heart. I thought that was um, a really neat... Uh, just magical item unfortunately the twist in storybrook was kind of ruined for me because in the promo they show her in storybrook with the holding the crimson heart which uh, i was like yeah, i forgot about that 
Yeah. I, I immediately I remembered because I was like, that's that weird heart looking thing. And I was like, we've never seen that before. And I was like, oh, y'all ruined it in the promo. Like, I wish that they would have shown the scene of her and Oz holding the Crimson Heart. That would have uh, not have been as spoilery. But uh, regardless of that, uh, I thought the Crimson Heart was like a really neat, magical item. And uh, yeah, I just thought it was kind of cool looking. Because we've seen all different kinds of hearts. We've seen like the real hearts get ripped out and that kind of thing. Just to see like this pretty looking like glass heart. Like I just thought it was kind of neat. What about you, Katie? What did you think of uh, the flashbacks to Oz with young Zelina and grown-up Zelina being all selfish and uh, stuff? Greedy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I really enjoyed it, too. Um, Like I said, when we were going into this episode, I wasn't expecting a lot. Um, I do, from previous experiences in Oz in the show, I've always enjoyed the landscape and the... Just the world of Oz. So I was kind of excited for the fact that we got to go back. Katie, I almost wish you would have said, from previous experiences in Oz, because I was going to be like, Katie's been to Oz. (laughs) But then you added in the show. So I was like, oh, well, damn. Dang it. (laughs) Katie's never been to Oz. She lied to me. I know. I wish I had been to Oz. (laughs) Maybe not. Uh, But I... I really thoroughly enjoyed the backstory as well, which I wasn't expecting. Um, I loved how they brought in the Tin Man and the Cowardly Lion, which are, um, as you've said, they're, you know, two popular characters from, or two of the main characters from uh, the original Wizard of Oz, which of course has Dorothy and the Cowardly Lion, the Tin Man and the Scarecrow. Um, So it was really nice that we finally got to see the Tin Man and a version of the Cowardly Lion. Um, Of course, we didn't see him as a person. We just saw him as an animal, which was cool, too. And they didn't have to overdo it either. I felt like they did it just perfect where he wasn't, you know, a central figure, but um, he was in it enough. So that was kind of cool. And they made a little reference to being cowardly. So that was fun. Um, But I, I really enjoyed how they brought out that Zelina obviously wasn't she wasn't that happy in Oz I mean you know she had her power she was in control um she was ruling Oz that's all fine and dandy but at the end of the day she was lonely as Stanham was you know would bring up to her and I enjoyed how after everything happened and he turned into a tin man she got back she was sitting alone and realizing probably that he was right. She's too stubborn to admit it, but realizing that he was definitely right. She is lonely and she shouldn't have let her wickedness, I guess you can say, get in the way Mm -hmm. (laughs) and prevent her from uh, saving him. But I guess she wouldn't be where she is today if she had let, had let, the the crimson heart take away her powers then and there but um it was a very interesting i did really love the introduction of the crimson heart which from my research as well i couldn't find anything specifically in the wizard of oz lore um but i enjoyed how they brought back that piece of the wizard of oz story and kind of amped it up a little bit um 
like you said, the objects or the prop was really pretty looking. I love how it was like a classical representation of what we see the heart symbol as. And it was just, it was really pretty. And I liked how they expanded upon um, another magical object by this one is different from a lot of them where it actually drains your powers, um, mm -hmm. which we haven't seen before. So that was really cool. I liked how they brought that in. But um, otherwise, I really enjoyed the backstory. It was it was good. It was simple. It wasn't overdone. And it was just really good. I liked it. I liked also how it ties into later on. How he's like, well, what good mm -hmm. does it do if you don't have someone with you to like have dinner with? And she like... We see big shots the rest of the of the episode of her being alone, and yeah. her decision at, at the end is, well, I don't have anyone to go to. I have you guys. Like so, mm -hmm. it really is like she didn't make the decision to be like to be part of a family in Oz when she had the chance with Stanham as her friend, mm -hmm. but she didn't now. Which yeah, better late than never. Exactly. That's true. And if this is the final Zelina flashback episode ever, if uh, Rebecca Mater does not continue on to season seven, or if there is no season seven, I like that we got a lot of the Wizard of Oz sort of core essence in all of mm -hmm. her flashbacks because if you think about it just going through it we we got dorothy we got the cowardly lion the tin man the scarecrow the wizard flying monkeys we've had the witches of oz in the past so i like that we've had sort of like a little bit of everything and yeah. uh, like like the core Sort of like uh, what, what you think of Oz. We've seen the Once Upon a Time interpretation, which I think is really neat. Yeah, I definitely agree. Okay, so let's get into present day Storybrooke, USA. And we start off at Zelina's farmhouse, where Zelina is getting things ready to... Uh, um, Th getting uh, a bottle of milk ready to give to Robin when she is surprised by the Black Fairy. And the Black Fairy is holding uh, baby Robin. And the Black Fairy even comments, Oh, I love the way babies smell. And uh, Zelina grabs Robin back from the Black Fairy. And uh, the Black Fairy is there to make her an offer that at least she hopes uh, Zelina can't refuse. And that is a chance to join her in the final battle against Emma. Because uh, she tells Zelina, you don't want to be on the other side. Because there might not be anything left uh, after the final battle and after she's done with Emma. And uh, Zelina, obviously, is uh, angry. And uh, even though... Uh, the Black Fairy is trying to charm her by saying, I hear you're wicked, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, she tells the Black Fairy to leave, but the Black Fairy basically is like, I'm going to be on the dwarf mines if you want to uh, accept my offer. I will be there, and um, you know we can join forces and do a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of uh, bad guy stuff. So... 
while that is going on... <laughs> Sorry, we're going to do a bunch of bad guy stuff. <laughs> yes, so while that is going on, Emma and Hook um, are enjoying some post-coital action together, maybe getting ready for some more coital action over breakfast. Pancakes! Yes. Pancakes! <laughs> Yeah, you know what they what uh, pancakes were on in Fifty Shades Grey, Katie? What? Uh, what? They were just pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted Gosh. to see if we could get Katie to admit on the podcast that she saw Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> no, I stay away from that. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Yes, you should, Katie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes. Um, and so their um, pancake session was uh, interrupted by Snow, who's ready and willing and able and excited to help Emma and Hook plan their wedding. Um, basically, she has like a binder, like one of those gigantic ones with a whole bunch of, uh, you know, cutouts from magazines and whatnot. And I was like, you know, did you just start this? And she's like, well, you know, I kind of started a little while ago. And uh, there was a great line from Hook about having to go take a cold shower, which was fantastic. And uh, and also another great line from Hook saying, oh, your mom's got a key. That's good to know. I'll make a mental note of that. Dude, him saying, like, damn it, like, oh, God, like that that whole bit. It's very much like everything is a sexual euphemism, but everything kind of goes back to the past when Emma walked in on Charming and Snow, and she's like, "I'm gonna go make some tacos." <laughs> now it's now it's pancake making time. Yes. Yeah, that wasn't the only taco getting stuffed. I was totally thinking that she was he was gonna say like, "What smells delicious?" Like it's just from the box. Those aren't the cakes I'm talking about. I was oh. waiting for that. Oh. <laughs> That's a little too steamy for Storybrooke, but uh, yeah. but I agree. And oh. they had a really intense makeout. Like, that was, like, I think we've been, like, lacking seeing them be a- affectionate. And, and that was, it was nice to see. It was great to see our characters happy and in love. Yeah, uh, that whole bit with her saying, like, I'm finally happy. Yeah, that was really nice to hear her say. Especially after all this time. And the throwaway line, which was just kind of like, well, I'm going to go like have a really necessary shower. I'm going to let you guys get to it. That I didn't expect once upon a time to go that 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 spicy, but there you go. Well, once you're there, we got it. Once you're there. I mean, you know, what's one more line? I'm just saying. (laughs) <laughs> and so everything is interrupted, though, because Regina gives uh, Emma a call and, uh, you know, our Storybrooke Avengers have to gather together because uh, Zelina uh, is, uh, is there with some information about uh, the Black Fairy and basically her offer. And uh, Hook... It, you know, they end up discussing the wand, you know, what is it, you know, you know, 
what can we do with this? And like, who would know more about this? And so they get the idea to ask uh, the Blue Fairy about it. And uh, even though, you know, they have this pressing issue about the Black Fairy, they end up stopping everything because Snow is like, we have to plan this wedding. And we got to, you know, they can go do this stuff, you know, but we're going to go and we're going to plan this wedding, daughter of mine, because, uh, you know, I'm, I might have missed all of these other milestones in your life, but I'm not missing this one. And so they start looking at venues. And the first venue that they stop at is Granny's. And I love me some Granny. Y'all know that. Shout out to the lasagna. <laughs> and the meatloaf. But I was really like, really? Grannies? Because I, I love how uh, Snow was was like really trying to like jazz it up. Like we'll have the wedding outside. And then, you know, we'll push the tables. And we got a jukebox that's going to play music for us. And I'm like, really? And, You're going to uh, have like five wedding guests. Because I've seen that that the. the <laughs> the thing at the front like it's real small <laughs> oh yeah. my god and the, then Snow and then was trying to jazz that shit she really oh. was and then hook was like well i kind of wanted it at sea but then like i don't a lot of people have been on the jolly roger and like no one's gotten sick but then henry had to like put the kibosh because he's like yeah what if, what if people are throwing what if half the guests are throwing up overboard from being seasick and so no jolly roger and um charming was not really into it and so he was like we need to find like another location because he basically was like this is a shithole honey like you know darling wife like we <laughs> he need brought up whale well yeah he also did bring up whale. no but he he had, he insulted the place he was like this is like crap no i love that he brought up whale because it brought us back to the line of we were cursed which we haven't heard in a while yeah she used to always we say that. We were break. cursed. <laughs> we were cursed. And yeah, because apparently that's that's where Mary Margaret had her first date with Dr. Whale and that was uh that was an interesting thing to break bring up. And so basically they end up leaving the uh the Granny's diner and they head on over to the city hall, the town hall. Which looked like a high school auditorium. Because it looked like there was like a a stage or something with curtains. Which I thought was... I was like, was that well, always don't there? don't you remember that from the first season? Yeah, it looked yes, like that. Yes, but that, it always that had a stage type of thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, it's not like a huge stage, but it's um, just a raised platform. Oh, okay. That's See, where Regina made like her... Her appeal to be mayor. Yeah, like, no, I just didn't remember. To, for for another sheriff. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I just Emma. didn't remember the stage thing. But yeah, no, we've yeah. been there before. It's just and that was also where the um, the portal ended up happening that sucked mm-hmm. Snow and uh, Emma into the Enchanted Forest at the beginning of season yeah. two. There, I can't remember. We haven't been there in a while, but they've used it a few times. Yeah, and so. Charming really wasn't into that either, because he's like, hey, you know, 
we're, we're royals. Like, we need to be something special. And I love that they gave a shout-out to the Exc- Excalibur in Las Vegas, which was kind of awesome. And yes. And then... Uh, but... It, and then Charming was like, yes, because they had mentioned the Excalibur and the Enchanted Forest. And so uh, uh, Emma was like, Vegas, really? But he was like, no, the Enchanted Forest. Like, do we have enough beans to send everybody to the Enchanted Forest and do it at our, you know, castle in the Enchanted Forest? And then uh, basically Snow was like, you know, we need to get down to what's really going on here. What's What's going on? And so she pulls him outside and basically he's like, the timing of this, it doesn't feel right as long as the Black Fairy is in Storybrooke. And Snow is like, yeah, well, we managed to, uh, you know, get married and engaged and all this kind of stuff when uh, the Evil Queen was wreaking havoc on us. But, uh, it, but Charming basically feels like the whole thing is being rushed and that we shouldn't be doing this because we think there might not be another day we should be doing this because uh you know we have hope that there will be another day and and, and uh, you know as long as the black fairy is here that's not going to happen i was like Brittany, did they take your lines and put them on this show because i know right it's ex- <laughs> exactly what she said that it's rushed and that emma deserves better like which isn't to say like that all of us aren't thinking the same thing but like word for word i get like rewind a couple of the podcasts i'm pretty i'm fairly certain we've said this before i agree good on you charming glad that that glad that you brought up this shit he subscribes and on (laughs) itunes pop culture on demand so emma overhears everything and basically tells her parents that she's willing to wait until after the final battle that she feels that that would be more appropriate now before i pause and ask for your opinions i just want to mention this teeny tiny storyline at one point in the episode uh, charming notices that the loft uh, door is open he enters and he finds henry still trying to uh, write with the author's pen the final chapter but um, Henry discovers that he can't do anything to change the outcome he even tries to write you know Emma wins the final battle but it just vanishes and um, the reason Henry is using the author's pen is because when he was wrote those weird symbols in um, Regina's vault he was using a regular pen so he was hoping that maybe with the author's pen he'd be able to write you know, something to help decipher what the symbols mean. And uh, David tells Henry that, you know, it, it's useless at this moment, you know, to, to try to wonder what the symbols are and, and, uh, and try to figure out what it is, you know. And he asks him to join them to look for the venues. But as he's walking out... Charming looks down at the drawings, and in my opinion, it looks like he recognizes something, but he doesn't say anything at the moment. And so I want to get everyone's feedback on that. Do we think Charming recognized one of the symbols or some of the symbols that Henry had drawn? And just your general opinions on the Charmings and um, Bride... No, it wouldn't be Bridezilla. Um, mother of the Bridezilla thing that uh, snow was uh going through 
in uh, in this episode. I don't really, I don't really know what would you call what do you call the mom that's turned into a bridezilla? It, it's very mother of the bride. Like you don't even need mm-hmm. to say like bridezilla. It's mother of the bride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She got intense. Who wants to go she, first? She deserves it though. Like she's completely right. Like she didn't get to have like a sweet sixteen for her daughter, a crowning. She didn't get to have. Her, to see Emma's first dance, talk about Emma's first kiss. Like, so, if she, like, I could totally see her right after the curse, like, sitting down in the loft being like, I'm, I'm gonna get these subscriptions to these bridal magazines and start cutting out lace and start cutting out different things for my baby girl, because she's gonna get married at some point. And I need to see those, like, I, I'm bet I'm betting in there, too. She has, like, pictures of what she wants her grandbabies to look like, so... I am super happy for Snow. I'm super happy for Snow. I'm super happy for Charming standing up to himself. I kind of feel bad for Henry just kind of hanging out there and being the only one to point out like, hey, the Jolly Roger would be nice, but people would be getting seasick. To which I say, then don't invite those people because the Jolly Roger sounded like a perfect place. <laughs> I know, like, right? Oh, Especially like, you know, partying and, you know, until late in the night, like on the water. That sounded fun. Yeah. Like, let's go. Yeah, I would do it. Let's go. Henry, you're a buzzkill. Yeah, Dude, like, Henry. have have the ship docked, have the wedding there, and then, like, once the ceremony is over, like, let them sail off. Ooh, like, midnight party cruise. Something. Oh, oh, you mean them sail off. Well, that too. Them if the boat is a rockin', <laughs> don't bother popping. But, oh, God, like, I loved this. I also loved how they're like, how many magic beans would it take for us to go back to the Enchanted Forest and have the wedding there? I know, to bring everybody with us. (laughs) As for Charming's (laughs) weird stare, I thought he was staring at the at the symbol in the bottom the one with, that's the circle with like the triangles on the inside like he remembered that from somewhere yeah I the one that looked kind of like something it. demonic like you know that the people <laughs> would use at a exorcism or something <laughs> looks like something on fucking supernatural yeah i get that <laughs> i don't know the demons <laughs> That, that would be a hardcore crossover episode. And like, all female characters would die on Once Upon a Time. Holy moly. No. Crap, never mind. We don't want that. <laughs> I just... Gosh, I, I love the crap out of uh, out of these, like, bits. I just... I don't know. Like, even the Henry trying his best to write and Emma wins the final battle. Like, that's so cool. That's so good on you. Like, that was a good idea. Sonic yeah, it was very her. cute. Like, it's something that I think we've all thought, like, you know, Henry is the author. Why doesn't he try to do that? So I'm glad that they showed us that it's not that simple, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. A little bit of shade, though. His pen looks like those, like, glitter pens that they gave girls that had, like, gel, like, silver gel pen coming out at the bottom. Oh my gosh, like, it's a it, Lisa Frank pen. Up. It totally is. Yes, he draws unicorns late at night. The pink ones. I don't mind. (laughs) But it really does look like it. I was just like, wow. Henry's journaling. Dear diary, my mom's getting married. And I don't know how I feel about that. Dear diary, I'm going to die soon. (laughs) Oh, well, there you go. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. 
Oh, Katie, what about you? What did you think okay. of Charming and the weird look he gave the drawing and the whole uh, scouting for a venue? Well, I actually didn't think anything of the um, the uh, scene with Charming looking at the uh, Katie, you're supposed to drawing. think of everything as suspicious. I know. Well, I mean, I thought of him looking at it. I thought he was just doing he was just like, oh, look at that. Because they're... they're all i mean i'm trying to remember did did they mention the whole drawing thing to other people or did was it just regina who saw it it was i think just regina maybe emma knows mm -hmm. too okay because i just thought of it as like a, he's looking at it and he's like what what he's like concerned like what is going on with my grandson <laughs> is he conjuring up a demon I know, why is he drawing these things? Um, so I didn't see him, like, recognizing it. I just thought he was concerned, uh, which I would be, because I'd be like, why the heck are you drawing this stuff? <laughs> but, I mean, it is very interesting, because I just want to know what the heck is up with it. Um, is this going to tie into the next season? If there is a next season, is this um, talking about... Yeah, is this, um, because they've, they've mentioned that they're going to um, give us hints as to what next, next season will look like, or they'll give us a scene at the end that shows us what next season will look like, and is this part of that, or, or is this part of, like, the final battle? Yeah, could it be a, um, if it's deciphered properly, could it be a means to like defeat the black fairy or something mm, that's true that could be too that would be interesting so i don't know what it is but it will be interesting to uh see what it refers to um but moving on to kind of like the domestic scenes we got between uh Emma and Hook. Oh, I love how Snowing has like the word tacos, and then now Captain Swan has pancakes as their like little catchphrase type. Oh baby. Uh, but it was it was such a cute scene. I mean, like it was cute at first, and then it got like really hot and heavy. Uh, but Cover your eyes, Katie. I know, man. <laughs> but I love <laughs> I loved when Snow just barged in. And the way that Hook delivered the, your mom has a key, I'll have to remember that in the future. Uh, the way he delivered that line was just, <laughs> it was great. It was pure comedic gold. It was awesome. Um, but it was just such a cute scene. Like, we don't, they always say that they don't want to give us episode. We would get bored with episode with an episode that was just them, like, you know, being happy or whatever. We really wouldn't. their daily lives. We, Adam and Eddie. Yeah, I know. But, uh, We got a lot of that in season one, although they yeah. weren't happy, but they were just doing no. normal stuff. Yeah. So, you know, this is kind of like a... I like... That's why I like when we get these scenes, because it's kind of like a throwback to the first season where we got to see more domestic scenes. Yeah. Um, so They're doing it, normal I people stuff. That. Normal people mm -hmm. scout wedding venues. Exactly. And I loved how they brought up that Snow has been playing this forever. She's got like this whole freaking binder full of ideas and stuff. And she was so excited. And I loved that scene with her and Emma where she's like, 
I missed so many important steps in your life and I don't want to miss this one. I want to be prepared and I want to enjoy it and go through this together with you. That was something that we haven't heard her say in a long time because we used to get that a lot right after the curse broke where she would say, you know, I missed your first steps. I missed your wor- your first words. I missed you growing up. And we haven't had that in a while. So it was kind of fun to see her kind of throw back to that and to bring it to like bring it into this current storyline mm-hmm. where she now gets to plan her daughter's wedding. At least she didn't miss that. Cause that's like a big thing for mothers and daughters to go through together is to bond over planning a wedding together. And snow doesn't get to miss this, which is really exciting. Um, so I loved how they had the, those little domestic scenes that weren't super long, but they were very touching. Um, there was also the scene with Charming where he was talking with Snow and saying that, you know, we had a good wedding, but our wedding got interrupted and it was tainted by darkness. And we don't want that for our daughter. Like, we want to see her be happy and not have a day that's tainted by a bad memory. So I just really enjoyed the Charming scenes a lot in this episode, specifically for the fact that they weren't overdone but when they were done they were done very well so i i i really appreciated those scenes specifically yeah i'm gonna echo what both of you said i thought the those scenes with the charmings were really nice it it harkened back to season one it was great to see a bit of normalcy in this sort of like weird magical world while the other storyline was sort of like handling like the magical and supernatural and uh, mystical elements you know we had a normal storyline with the main characters who are usually doing sort of like the magical mystical stuff doing something that everyday people do which is look for a wedding venue and and that kind of thing i thought the scene was really strong because it was the most normal of the scenes in the episode where we have in flashbacks the tin man and the cowardly lion and a crimson heart and on the other side of storybrooke zelina is uh, using her magic and and that kind of thing it was was great to see our characters not have to uh, be in the middle of the fight this episode and they get a chance they got a chance to breathe and to do some normal stuff and uh, I don't agree with Adam and Eddie in which where they I, I know that they've said before like you know as you said uh, Katie that we wouldn't want to see something like this but we do I mean it, it's a nice change of uh, scenery for the characters and it was great to see them not have to sort of be on pins and needles and in the fight you know every episode it was great to see them catch their breath and to uh, focus on uh, the quote-unquote real world and the more um, the more pressing matters that have to deal with them personally versus uh, you know pressing matters as in you know we need to save the town I liked it Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. From, you know, the, the scenes with uh, Captain Swan to, to all the stuff with the Charmings. I thought they were really nice and solid scenes in the episode. So let's get into the main storyline. So uh, we're at the pawn shop. And 
Gold basically tells Belle uh, that uh, that Mother Superior, aka the Blue Fairy, knew about his mother and and that she turned to darkness and uh, you know since he had to put her into a coma in order to protect Gideon so his heart wouldn't be tainted uh, unfortunately we don't have her help in figuring out a you know a way to stop the black fairy and so gold uh, is going to research a little bit more on what his mother is planning so when he leaves Zelina arrives and earlier uh, when Zelina was with um, the the core group basically they were like you know we don't need your help right now you know we can't think about fighting the black fairy because Zelina was really adamant about you know how dare her come into my house and you know uh, basically uh, tr you know try to not take her child, but, you know, like, you know, basically, uh... It's true, though! What the hell? Like, I think that <laughs> was one of the most, like, weird things to do. Like, not weird, that that's too light of a word, but, like, one of the, what the fuck? Like, lady, you don't touch my child without my permission? I like, agree with you, and I didn't understand why no one else kind of understood where Zelina was coming from. Like, Zelina does sort of go from, like, 0 to 60, like, all <laughs> the time. And maybe that's why they didn't take her seriously, because she she does... It's not necessarily crying wolf, but she, she does take things to the extreme, like, often. But, like, if you have a, a, a woman who you don't know, who's evil, who laughs, you know, evilly and stuff coming into your house you know she grabs your child and is basically like "Ooh, you know i love her smell you know can i take her basically <laughs> like you would think that they would have had just a mm -hmm. teeny tiny bit more compassion especially well, and like, regina and, and uh and snow yeah well because like you remember right after snow had neil Zelina's the one who took neil like right out of her arms too yeah so you'd think that they'd have a little bit more compassion. But. Yeah, the only thing that I can think of is just that because she does go from zero to sixty all the time, that maybe they were just like, oh, you know, she's having one of her fits. Yeah. Which they They're sort of so kind like of did say as she stomped away, and she was like, I'm not helping you, heroes, because initially she wanted to help them, because mm -hmm. you know, three, uh, I don't want to say witches, but like, th you know, a a, a, a powerful <laughs> witch, a powerful savior, and a powerful uh, former evil queen. You know, the three magical people against uh, the Black Fairy. I, I think the odds are really good for our, our team, I would say. But she mm -hmm. stomps away, and um, ba basically she heads on over to Gold Shop and enters once Gold leaves to ask Belle to watch Robin while she goes after the Black Fairy, although she doesn't tell that to Belle. And so, uh, moments later, after, uh, you know, studying the... Um, the the wand uh, that Tinkerbell not Tinkerbell that uh, Tiger Lily had given uh, Hook uh, she she's trying to come up with like a locator spell uh, for I guess maybe the rest of the wand or something like that and so she was gonna Regina 
was going to gold shop, I guess, for some more Eye of Newt. But uh, she notices Baby Rob in there, and she's like, what is this? And Belle's like, oh, Zelina left her here for a moment for me to watch, but I don't mind, because she's adorable. And then Regina's like, oh, no, I know exactly what she's up to. So Zelina has gone into the mines, and we actually saw... I feel like this is the first time we've ever seen that entrance into the mines. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, wait, I don't remember this. Yeah. Why didn't they look for this in season one when they were trying yeah. to get the mines? <laughs> I know what you're saying. Yeah, I agree. Well, they were trying to look for for Henry too, right? At one point? Yeah, exactly. That was in the first season. He like went in there to look for like the coffin or whatever because he found the glass piece. And, like, there was a cave-in, and they were trying to figure out how to get in there. But yeah. maybe the cave-in happened in, like, a different area, and this, like, entrance couldn't be used to get to him. Maybe. Why not? It's been so like, many years. Like, there's an explanation. <laughs> yes. So, Zelina heads into the mines. Uh, Regina shows up. And uh, basically, she's like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm looking for the Black Fairy. And they get into a fight. And, uh, you know, it it's turns... It's a very sister fight, though. Like, yeah. God, what are you doing here? I'm, I'm, yes. I'm going to get shit done. You can't do it. Like, And they even mm -hmm. resort to shoving each other magically, which is... Oh, God. Like, yes. it's a very it's sister yeah. fight. No, it like, was. Oh, yeah, and that's a sister relationship right there. My favorite moment is, is just about to happen. And so they, they get into a magical scuffle. And Zelina gets tossed into the side of the mine. They even cause a little bit of a... I wouldn't call it a cave-in cave-in. But like some rocks come down. But it, it's obviously not a cave-in. Because there's still other uh, nooks and crannies. And, uh, you know, uh, paths in the mine. Where they can go and find the Black Fairy. But basically, like, Regina's like, come on. Like hello and uh, Zelina's like no I'm gonna go find her and I'm gonna defeat her and so when Zelina like huffs away like there's a moment where Regina does like what's what a sister would do is she like you know throws her arms down she like tilts her head back and she like marches after Zelina and uh, they end up finding uh, fairy crystals in the mine which confused them because they're like, why are these fairy crystals here? And then all of a sudden in sulks, or not sulks, but in creeps, the black fairy and her bitch, Gideon. And, uh, you know, they get into a war of words. There's a lot of shade being thrown, even in the darkness of the door, the dwarves' mind. Shade was being thrown. The black fairy's like, oh, so you're the one that cast the curse? No wonder it was pathetic attempt and she tosses uh regina aside she tells gideon to go watch regina and zelina is like oh no honey like i am here to kill you and then the black fairy says what does the god of death say not today and she rushes away while rocks tumble uh in front of uh zelina and uh, Zelina ends up chasing her, and they get into like a weird little game of like hide and go seek, where <laughs> it was just weird. It was like one of those horror movie tropes, where like one of the characters is like walking very slowly, but like the kill, or but like no, it's usually the the one that's running away, the victim is running away, and but the killer is like 
uh, walking slowly, but then the killer ends up catching up to them. But it was like in reverse, um, where the black fairy, who's the villain, was like walking slowly, and like Zelina is like chasing after her. It was, it was. I thought it was funny, because I'm like, she's walking and you're running, but you haven't caught her. And but they end up in this like beautiful cave filled with like gigantic fairy crystals and uh regina and ends up showing up as does gideon and um the black fairy ends up just tossing um regina like a rag doll and the black fairy's like oh you are right zelina you know you are stronger than your sister and so uh, zelina ends up using her magic to it seems you know somewhat put the black fairy at bay but then the black fairy starts cackling and is basically like, oh, you know, you silly twit, you know, you think you're more powerful than me? Let me show you real magic. And so she uses Zelina's magic to basically transform all of the fairy crystals into dark crystals, basically. Not the Jim Henson kind, but... Um, the reason is because the Black Fairy's dark magic is stable. You know, she couldn't do that herself. But because Zelina's dark magic is unstable, because Zelina is, uh, and she even calls around and reads her for filth, basically telling her, you know, you're always craving for for love and for people to like you and for um, you know to, to prove that you're the best. And it, and she was like, oh, you don't think that we can tell? Like, hello obvious and uh that's the reason why the crystals were now turned into dark crystals and these crystals are crystals that uh the black fairy needed for the final battle and so she basically thanks Zelina because uh, Zelina acted the way that she thought she was going to act like she was very predictable in every single step that she took up until that point and so she poofs both Regina and Zelina outside of the mines and of course this um, causes Regina to lash out at Zelina like how the hell could you do this you played right into her arms everything that she wanted and, and needed to happen you know happened and now she's closer to launching the final battle than ever before and uh, she tells Zelina, you know, you should go back to Oz because we don't need you here. And if you want to be the biggest and the baddest, you can be in the biggest and the baddest over there. So let's Necessary pause right here. And let, yeah, yeah, let's let's break this down. Everything that happened in the mines. Well, I really enjoyed the mine scene, to be honest. Um <laughs> I love how the Black Fairy <laughs> uses Gideon as, like, her lackey. She just, like, makes him go stand by Regina and be threatening and <laughs> all that stuff. It's great. But, uh, the whole... The scene with the crystals was really cool. I... I we've never seen that before in Storybrooke. So... Or at least in the past, we've never seen it. So... I really enjoyed that they actually showed us what this crystal like cave looks like and it looks pretty cool. I enjoyed it. Um, and the black fairy, she is pretty smart. I will give her that. She's pretty smart. Um, the way that she went about it. 
Um, I didn't expect it. It was kind of a big plot twist for me. But um, I did really enjoy the scenes in the cave. I thought that when Regina and Zelina were fighting, it was really believable because it's it's definitely it was definitely played out the way that actual sisters fight about stupid things and the way that they go about fighting. Um, except it's amped up, of course, because they both have magic, so they're able to like use the magic to push each other away rather than just shoving each other by the shoulders or whatever. So um, I enjoy that they kind of uh, bring the sister rivalry relationship up a notch with um, using the magic. But uh, I, I really did enjoy the scenes a lot. So kudos to them. I saw it coming, but I was hoping it wouldn't play out that way. And I'm glad that bits of it didn't work out exactly the way it was planned. Like mm-hmm. I thought at the very, very, very beginning, I thought, well, it's really smart of her, of the black fairy to go after the wicked witch helping her because she needs to like all the help she can get to defeat the savior. And what better way than to take people that are stragglers that aren't part of a family to her cause. But then, like, a, a small part of me in the back's like, but she doesn't give a shit about anyone, so why would she care about the Wicked Witch helping her or not? There has to be something to it. And it is. Like, it's waving a red flag at the raging bull. Like, the, sh- she threatened the, the, the baby, so she's going to go after her with every single little bit of magic that she can get. And I, I don't blame Zelina, but... A part of me is like, oh, you should have listened to everyone else and just stuck by them. Maybe, like, with the power of the Wicked Witch, with the power of the Evil Queen, with the power of the Savior, all three of you combined could have taken out the Black Fairy and two shakes of the lamb's tail. But that didn't happen. Um, Zelina just kind of went off on her own. Regina tried her best to be the, the best, like, the good elder sister and stop that, but... Was this the time where Zelina was like, I gave up, like, my true love for you. I gave up Hades for you, and you still keep blaming me for everything? Oh, was that, was that this, I think it, I think it was. Because I had an issue with that, too. <laughs> you had an you issue did. with it? Okay. I had an issue go, go, go. because, freaking, she's like, I gave up Hades for you. Hades literally killed Robin in front of Regina. Like, get the frick over it, Zelina. I was like, are you for real? Uh, So that's the only issue I had with it. (laughs) Man, I liked that, though. I like, like, normally you'd rage against her with everything, but this, this show is, like, pretty stickler about showing you that true love is, is there. It exists, and it's with that one person. And to have you finally, like, Zelina, who has never had family before, who's never had someone close to her, to be told, yes, you have one person that's been searching for you forever, that's there for you, and to have it ripped away. Granted, he was a complete and total evil dick, but to have that, like, taken away because you care more about your sister, and to have her, like, not acknowledge it in the slightest, I think that's what, like is the biggest thing with Zelina. She has a huge chip on her shoulder and she doesn't, like, every time she does something good, she expects someone to, like, pat her on the back and say, well, you've done good and nobody ever does. Nobody gives her credit for any of the good shit she's done because she does so much bad shit. And the Black 
the black fairy knew it she's like well i knew you were gonna fuck up because you always fuck up you always yeah. make the best and she always it's does and true. and it's not always that she always does bad stuff it's always that she does like accidental bad stuff or she always mm-hmm. she tries to help but it backfires a lot because yeah. she's not thinking about what she's doing she's just sort of like seeing the end result and uh, like the way that she's trying to go to that end result is like not the right way yeah like she saw oh i'm gonna try to defeat the black fairy that's a good thing but then obviously the route that she took was not a good thing and and i completely agree with you priscilla sorry katie but that whole thing with hades like i get that hades was bad and that you know he was doing bad things but if that was her true love like i get why she sees that as like a really big sacrifice and she did sacrifice her love for wanting to help out i get from her point of view where she sees that but like from regina's point of view he freaking killed her true love so like why the heck is she supposed to be apologetic over that i guess well i don't think that she wants her to be apologetic i think that she just she being Zelina just wants her to uh, acknowledge that yeah. I mean, she, you know, she did the right thing at, you know, at the time. I mean, she could, she could have not done the right thing. I mean, had well, she yeah, yeah, still have been the, uh, the wicked witch from before season three, like she would have still have decided to have been with Hades. She would have been like, uh, you know, you know, fuck my time travel spell. I got Hades now. You know, and who cares what he did to you? Yeah, no, for sure. I get what you're saying. I just had an issue with the way that she went about it. Like she, yeah. like, like you said, that's her character, though. She, she There's sees a, these things as good things, but she goes about it the wrong way. She has a huge inferiority complex, like <laughs> inferiority complex about her superiority complex. Like it, she, mm-hmm. she, and it sucks because if you see her. The weird shit with Robin, notwithstanding, um, all she's wanted is a family. All she's wanted is to be loved. Her mother's acknowledgement, her sister's acknowledgement, Hades' acknowledgement, her sisters like her bad sister's acknowledgement again. Like, and she never gets it. And I, I love that in this episode she's going to get it, but ah, oh like you have to admire the like the Black Fairy for kind of taking everything that the savior could use against her the flowers burned to a crisp Gideon his heart taken so he can't help them and in the slightest and now the fairy crystals taught like made toxic Mm -hmm. because I don't know she has a game plan for everything and I love the evil little laugh she gives for stuff yes and how like like when Zelina zaps her with her power she starts laughing and gets up she's like this this is nothing let me show you what the true evil one does and just smacks the shit out of her it's it perfect <laughs> oh, she's, she's, she's such, one of my favorites yeah she's such a good villain just because as of this point we don't have like a a backstory for why she's the way she is but so it seems like she's just evil for evil's sake which is Ooh, it's so different than what we usually get. So that's what makes it more exciting and more dark. Like we don't have, she doesn't have a reason at this point. She just wants to be evil and it makes things that 
that much more exciting, I guess you can say, in like a bad way. But um, I love it. I love her character a lot. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what both of you said, so I'm not going to repeat everything. I won't copy and paste, so I'll try to add something new in saying that I love the Black Fairy. Like, she was absolutely outstanding in all of the uh, the dwarf mine scenes. Like, she was just fantastic. The way that she was, like, spitting out truths against uh, our uh, heroes and uh, the, her excitement over basically, uh, you know, making Zelina do exactly what she needed her to do. I just, I love her. Like, I think she's fantastic. She's an excellent villain and um, she's just so menacing, which makes her so much fun to watch. Exactly. Yeah, so... Poor Gideon. <laughs> I know. All he can do is just stand there and watch. I, I, I struggle to think of how he could have avoided everything that she commands him to do. He did what he's supposed to do. <sighs> that, she, he, he's as much of a puppet as anything. Like, I've had this like, discussion off podcast with both of you and been kind of like up in the air about Gideon but I just I feel bad for him this episode poor bastard yeah I agree yeah especially now knowing what we know it's he's <laughs> in a difficult situation so yeah I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens to Gideon but let's continue on with the story Zelina ends up picking Robin up from uh, the pawn shop and uh, Zelina's ready to return to Oz she has uh, one of the dark crystals and she ends up summoning a green tornado to take her and a baby sweet pea back to Oz when all of a sudden she has a change of heart and uh, she ends up meeting with uh, Regina, Emma, Snow, uh, David, Hook, and Henry and reveals that she uh, was going to leave for Oz but then she remembered about something that she could use to help them and um, instead of the tornado uh, taking her away to Oz she used the tornado to swipe that item from um, her palace in Oz and she also says that uh, she was going to go to Oz but she doesn't have anybody there she she has no one there for her and even though her relationship with Regina is strained Regina is family and um, you know this is the closest that she's ever had to a family here in Storybrooke and so they head on over to uh, uh, Regina's vault and um, she explains about the Crimson Heart. Basically she's going to use the Crimson Heart to absorb all of her magic 
because if her magic is absorbed and destroyed, then that will render the uh, dark crystals useless. And so Zelina decides to sacrifice her magic in order to help Emma and everyone else, you know, by restoring the crystals in the mines. And so as we see her do that, the yeah, the the crystal that they had saved goes from black to clear and uh for some reason the black fairy and Gideon I guess were in the mind just you know observing the crystals and cackling and then all of a sudden uh, uh, the as the uh, crimson hearts uh, heart was filled uh, you know a magical wave hits storybrooke and all of those dark crystals in the mine turn back clear leaving the black fairy shell-shocked and so yeah and so they start talking like after that is done uh, there's this really neat moment between the sisters where Zelina's like uh, or Regina's like how do you feel and Zelina's like I feel weak and uh, Regina's like you know you look stronger than ever and um, Regina starts talking to Emma about Mother Superior she's like oh you know I haven't heard back from her you know about this fairy wand and uh, oh I haven't either and then Zelina's like gold has her in the shop and so they head on over and they convince Golden Bell to allow Emma to use uh, the, um, the, the crystal, the fairy crystal from uh, the mine to uh, free Mother Superior from her coma. And so Emma, she sort of like breaks the crystal in, you know, in... in I don't even know how do you describe that. She like breaks the crystal and like crushes it, and it turns into yeah. dust. And um, it she pours it over. It the reminds blue fairy. me of the upfront. Do you remember like ages ago the Comic Con thing where she crushes the heart and it turns into diamond dust? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah That's yeah. what I saw when she was uh, Dark Swan. That was never really a scene from the episode. But it was pretty. <laughs> it was. And so after that, it seems as if uh, the Mother Superior has regained her magic. And uh, she's got a pulse. But she's still not out from her coma. But it seems as if she's going to wake up soon. And while that's going on, in the woods, the Black Fairy sees in uh, her crystal ball that the blue fairy is going to wake up soon and all this kind of stuff and Gideon is like so you had all these dark crystals now they're useless to you the blue fairy you know your plan was to like knock her out and now they're bringing her back so what are what's going to go what's going on basically and the black fairy is like you know i didn't want the blue fairy gone, you know, because they she was going to tell them about the wand. I wanted the blue fairy gone because she knows the truth about why I gave up my son in the first place. And uh, now, you know, she's probably going to tell him. And uh, that's not something that I want him to know. 
So yeah, so let's talk about it. Zelina and the Crimson Heart. Blue Fairy being uh, returned to the land of the living, basically, or the land of the awake. And the Black Fairy and the truth, I guess. I appreciate Zelina. Like, it, it must have taken a lot for her because, again, sh she's defined off of her superiority. Like, she likes thinking she's the strongest, she's the baddest. Like, sh wicked always wins. And to give that up, just especially when times are tough and you have a black fairy on the loose and it's just you and your daughter and she still decides to do it like that is when you see the mirror the contrast to the to the flashback that she is okay with giving up power because she's found something greater now she's found family she's found someone that she can feel safe with and she did feel safe considering she said if anything happens to me will you take care of Robin for me and both like Regina and Emma like chime in together like we'll protect her with our lives like which was really sweet like oh that made mm -hmm. me that made my heart squeeze like in my chest like that was that was beautiful and yeah like I'm just I'm amazed that she's broken the cycle of both relying on her magic and relying on only herself and the bigger cycle to me like because as a viewer this bugs the shit out of me that every time she had a chance to tell the good guys hey something's up hey the black fairy just talked to me hey the I, I just gave up my magic hey the blue fairy is with Rumple. She never did that in the past. She's never like she said that she wants to like work on their side, but she's never actually spilled the tea, like said the secrets that need to be said. She always keeps them mum. And she said them now. And that just like incenses me more at Belle because she's part of the good guys. Why didn't she tell them that the blue fairy is is like asleep at Rumple's place because Rumple fucked up. Like, why hasn't she told him this? Like, I, I, I believe less in Belle as a good person than I do in Zelina, and that's saying something. Like, I've never felt that way before. But I don't know. Like, I'm glad that Emma has Emma and Regina and, and Zelina all banded together and figured out how to break the the fairy coma that she was in and I'm looking forward to seeing why the black fairy is how she is yeah there was a teeny tiny part of me that hoped that just because Zelina was giving up sort of like this green dark magic that she has that maybe that act of sacrifice would allow her to retain some like light magic or something because if you think about it we kind of need all of our magical people on deck for this final battle so i don't know if they're going to go that route but i think that would have been kind of nice because well regina didn't give up her magic but like regina's magic has has turned a little bit light so it, it's a shame if they are sort of like completely neutering um, Zelina from magic 
just because it would have been great to have had another ally on their side. It's that whole, it, this is why this is a filler episode. Like, it, it answers the, the, the possible question of, if the Wicked Witch had come into this fight, would it have tipped the scales one way or the other? Well, now we know. She won't be able to. She's been pulled off the deck she, as, as the card. Like, she, she's no longer part of this, this narrative. It's gone. Yeah, that's true. Katie, what about you? What did you think of the final moments of the episode? And especially the twist at the end. Well, I really, like, I loved all the scenes with Selena. I mean, this was a Selena episode, so that makes sense. But I really enjoyed, especially the scenes with Selena in Storybrooke, especially. Um, she, Rebecca Mater. I love her. She's, first of all, she's hilarious uh, in interviews and everything. She's just, she has goals. I love her. Um, and secondly, she's a really good actress. She gets a lot of flip-floppy material for Zelina, and she does well with having to act with that. So I appreciate that out of her. And specifically with this episode towards the end where she is more vulnerable and she actually decides to give up her magic. She did such a good job acting that out. And um, but when she summoned the tornado, I actually thought that she did leave. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess she's gone. That's kind of shocking. And then she came back. And I was like, okay, good. I like how they're actually going to read deem her a little bit and make her choose something that will affect her forever, really. Like, she's getting rid of her magic. That's a big part of her. That's always been a big part of her from the start of her character. And what we've seen is her magic. I mean, when we she was first introduced, it was she's Regina's sister, but she has more potential and her ma magic is stronger than Regina's. So getting rid of that integral part of her was a big step and I appreciate that she actually went through with it and the scenes right leading into that were very touching where she um where she you know well actually it was afterward it was right afterwards where she said uh, Regina asked how she felt and she said that she feels weak and then Regina says well you've never looked stronger and that was such a touching scene. We go from having the two sisters fighting and magically throwing each other around to seeing Regina genuinely tell her, give her a compliment that she she's not weak just because she doesn't have magic. She looks very strong and she doesn't have to just rely on herself. She has people now. She has family and um, I also, I think Priscilla kind of touched on this. Um, she mentioned the scene where Zelina was asking Regina, like, seriously, if something happens to me, I need you to promise to me that you're going to take care of Robin. And, you know, at first Regina kind of fluffed it off. And then Zelina was like, no, like, I need you to promise me. And she said, of course I will. And... Then we saw Emma chime in too, and she said, um, she's a part of us. I'll 
take care of her as well. Or she's a part of the town or something like that. And I'll take care of her as well. Um, and that was such a touching scene. So like both scenes leading through this whole um, section where she loses her magic were very touching and they were done very well. There was only a couple lines, but they were delivered very well by all the actresses involved. Um, so I just, I really appreciated this where we finally got a scene with Selena where she makes a very big sacrifice and decides to side with the good people for once uh, and not flip-flop so far. Um, so we'll see what happens with her character in the future episodes, but I appreciate that they ended this one on a really good note with her. Um, and then kind of going over the Black Fairy and the Gideon scene, it was very interesting. Um, I always hoped that they would kind of explore the relationship between the Black Fairy and the Blue Fairy, because you know that they've had to have had run-ins in the past. Um, and it's interesting that the, that, um, she revealed that the reason that she wanted them to go after the wand was just for the fact that she wanted um, Blue out of commission. So she wouldn't be able to tell them the real reason behind apparently what she's doing. You the mean after the sword? She... Oh, the sword, not the wand. That's right, the sword. Yep, that's right. <laughs> uh, but I... I I'm very intrigued by this, and I'm excited that we get to learn more next episode. Um, like I've said in the past, I love the Black Fairy for the fact that she doesn't seem to have a backstory where, you know, it's some sob story, yes, but it kind of appears that we might get that. Yes, this is where they screw it up. I know. Or potentially. And I, I'm kind of, I'm worried. Like, I, I'm, I'm gonna just go into the episode with, like, an open mind, but I, I love the fact, like I said in the past, I loved Cruella just for the fact that she was evil because she wanted to be evil. Um, and I don't I, think this is going to be the case. I know. I, I'm going to see how they, they deal with it. Like, I'm going yeah. to be reserved about it until we see how they deal with it. But um, it will be interesting, It um, especially that we get to see Rumpel as a baby and why she gave him up. So I'm... I'm trepidatious i'll say we'll we'll see what happens but otherwise this section of the story was really really good and i enjoyed it a lot and i like how they brought the crimson heart back into play that was a cool way to do it i agree as a fan of zelina and as someone who uh, for the longest has been begging for a Zelina redemptive arc and one that sticks. I'm glad that we finally got it. I wish that it would have happened sooner, but to be quite honest, uh, I'm content with how they handled it. And especially since it seems as if this is like the final time that we're going to try to get redemption from Zelina. Like, this is the one that sticks. So, I, I approve of it, although I don't like that she doesn't have magic, but because it was that she sacrificed her magic, it does make it a stronger argument for redemption, because that was the thing that she loved, and that she craved, and that she was the most proud of. So, uh, I gotta give props to Zelina, and Rebecca Mater for her acting and portrayal of Zelina throughout the episode from the flashbacks to the present day because she really showed us how Zelina has changed 
from when she was the Wicked Witch to, you know, present day resident of Storybrooke. And uh, just to echo what both of you said about the Black Fairy, I mean, I'm excited to see what's to come. Hopefully it does not disappoint. I'm looking forward to seeing what Blue knew. And uh, I'm glad that the truth sort of about the Blue Fairy's uh, whereabouts has come out. And uh, I'm also glad that Rumple told Belle about Gideon. And I guess we're just going to have to assume that Rumple told uh, the others about Gideon as well. Or at least they're going to find out soon if they haven't. Can I ask y'all a question? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, so on Tumblr, they fucking loved the whole Rumple and Belle hug. But mm. honestly, I didn't see, like... Rumpel, a couple getting back together sort of thing. I just saw it as like, kind of like one consoling the other over like their child being okay. Like, I, mm. I, I didn't see it romantically. So, and I, I, I didn't mind it, but I, I didn't see it the way they did. I, so I just wanted to know what y'all thought about that. I thought it was like, I mean, like, obviously they're not in the greatest place, but they're kind of bonding over their, like, this mutual feeling of crap our son's in a lot of trouble um so like i think these are the beginning steps and i think rumbellers are just taking anything they can at this point which sucks for them but um i I think they're the beginning steps of romance rekindling um side note for me i forgot to mention seeing Belle with robin was the cutest thing I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm so mad that she doesn't get that chance. Unless they do de-age Gideon, but it's I don't a, think just they are. Seeing her with the baby, it makes me so mad because she deserves that. That yeah, baby, I agree good with you. That baby was cute as hell. Oh my and gosh! Like, yeah. Normally, like babies are like, oh, filming. Look at the pretty lights in the background, and they kind of like focus on like the camera. But mm-hmm. this baby was like, ooh, look at the pretty lady, and like was, was always so staring cute. at Belle. No matter where she moved, so cute! Oh my gosh. Yeah. But anyways, that was like a random side note. So I don't, I don't know how Jeff feels about all this. Well, I honestly sort of think the way that you do, Katie, in the sense that Ooh. I feel like this arc from the beginning uh, has been sort of a a means to reunite Belle and Gold. I don't know if they're going to reunite romantically. But uh, I'd say if you're a Rumble fan, you're probably just picking at all of like the positive stuff between them, <laughs> all the little looks and hugs of support and that kind of thing, and hoping for the best. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, so I, I, I can't say if, if they are going to get back together or not. But I think they are just hoping for the best and, and looking for anything that can uh, sort of like steer them in that direction. But I know what direction we're being steered in right now, and that's to the MVP, the most valuable player, the character that impressed you the most, and why. The rules are simple. If someone mentions a character, you must pick pick a different one. And we're going to start off with me, because I only have one character as my MVP, and I apologize to both of you ladies. It is 
Zelina. She Dang. has to get it. She's the MVP. I mean, <laughs> just for everything that I said a few moments ago, the progression of the character from the past to the present, uh, the acting from Rebecca Mater, finally Zelina having some sort of a redemptive arc. Uh, sure, she did fuck everything up, but then she did make everything right with the Crimson Heart. She gave up her powers, and um, she's officially part of the Storybrooke Avengers, although powerless. So I guess she's kind of like the Black Widow or the Hawkeye of the of the storybook avengers the one without powers so for all those reasons and so many more zelina is my mvp katie who's your mvp and why um okay well since you took mine sorry. i'm <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's okay that's okay someone else can take it um i'm gonna go with i, I was trying to choose between two so i'm gonna go with snow just because she was so dang cute in this episode. Um, like I said, I kind of elaborated on that scene where she was talking with Emma about how she missed out on so much of her life that she doesn't want to miss out on this at all. Um, it was so cute. Like, seeing her so excited and like, oh, we can use this place. And, oh, this place has potential. And uh, this is what we can do. And this is what we can do. Um, it was just, it was really cute. I, like I said, the charming scenes were really good in this episode. And I just liked all the scenes of Snow. She was adorable. All right now, Priscilla, your MVP and why? Oh, my God. I can't pick two for my MVP, can I? No. I okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go with, ah, oh, it's hard to pick between these two. I'm gonna go with Hook, though, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> we got pancakes. We got it, like, yes. figured out. We got him coming up with the best, I think, of the freaking wedding planning with the ship no thanks to henry for shooting that shit down oh henry um and we got we got that weird like throwaway line where he, where emma's like hey do you want to go elope and he's like i'll bring the rum <laughs> he's just he it's very like everything about this episode was sweet like whereas jeffrey like had like one person in mind I really loved everybody this episode. Mm -hmm. I, like, the only person that, like, I didn't care about was, like, Henry and Gideon, mostly because they didn't really do anything this episode. Uh -huh. But everybody mm -hmm. else was super cool. Like, yeah. If I could give my MVP to everyone, I would. But since I can't, hook. Just for being hot. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. All right. So now it's time to rate the episode from 1 to 10 apples. If you deem the episode worthy of more than 10, you may grant it the coveted golden apple. You can use the point system as well. And we'll go in reverse order. So that means, Priscilla, you go first. This is no surprise. I told this during the first part of my summary. This shit is getting a golden apple from me. Like... It made me happy. It brought me back to past, like, storybook feels and how, like, magical and amazing things can be. It gave me more stuff from Oz. It finally gave Zelina a redemptive arc. She broke the cycle. And I got some really 
funny, cute moments in what happens in the lull of Storybrooke. What happens when they're just looking for venues or, like, picking out a red box to watch for the night. Like, or watch Netflix. Like, it's it's stuff that maybe the creators didn't think we wanted as people as just regular viewers but i certainly did and i love this episode i would totally rewatch again golden apple katie katie i am going to do the same actually i'm gonna say golden apple because of all the reasons priscilla said but it was it was really good it was well acted by everyone um Rebecca Mater especially. She is fantastic. And she did such a good job with this episode. Also, happy birthday to Rebecca Mater. I think it was her birthday yesterday or on Sunday when the episode aired. So that's happy birthday, Bex. Happy birthday to her. Um, but um it was a, it was such a good episode. It was paced very well. The flashbacks weren't too long. They fit in perfectly. Um, I loved how we got more of the Oz lore in the in the episode and um we also got great charming family scenes which i was not expecting um and we got to see zelina make a big sacrifice and kind of go on a um go on a uh what was i gonna a redemption curve i guess you, i guess you could say all right so, I agree. Three for three. Golden apple for the episode. For basically all the reasons that both of you stated. So, copy, paste. Uh, I completely agree. The redemptive arc, the the acting, the normal storybook scenes, the Black Fairy, the flashbacks, all the stuff with Oz. It was just a wonderful, very nicely done episode. Very throwback-ish and uh, I totally approve. So, golden apples all around. So, does that mean we made a golden apple pie? Like, that, that's that's awesome. No, it would be a golden apple turnover, because that's what Regina knows how to make. <laughs> yes. All right. A golden apple turnover is when everybody makes golden apples, and we just made it with this episode. Yes. <laughs> I like it. All right. So, as we're eating our golden apple turnovers, Katie, I know you have some deliciously spoilery scoopage for us i do so it is time to get a little spoilery let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of once upon a time this is an official spoiler alert spoiler alert as always you can check out our official facebook like page by visiting facebook.com forward slash storybook weekly mirror and you can also visit my site at storybookmirror.tumblr.com Dot com. So we did have a lot of kind of exciting spoilers come out this week. Um, also, we have a press release for next episode, which we haven't had in a few. Yeah, they few never released. Well, at least for actually. the past, I think two I know, weeks, like, they haven't released it by the time that we tape, which I is know, usually like, it's weird because they usually do yeah. release it by that time. So. Also, the promotional photos, like, two episodes ago, they didn't release promotional photos at all, so that was very odd. So, we can be very excited that we actually got a press release that we will go over at the end. Um, so, before that, we got some more information for the musical episode. Um, 
there was an article that came out after this episode um, aired because there was a promo, like a short promo for the musical episode. So we got to see like Regina dancing um, in her evil queen attire. It was like kind of a yellow costume, which was which was pretty. It looked like it reminded me of like when she was like young Regina, like learning how to ride the horse it was like a riding yeah. outfit like a horseback riding outfit it looked like sort it kind of, of i think she was twirling I in front of granny granny was rocking in her um rocking chair and she was not looking impressed <laughs> so there was takes that. a lot also, to impress granny it, it does it really does um there's also a scene of someone charming in what appeared to be like a tavern type thing mm-hmm. and they're um, dressed in their like regal around. attire Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, in their banded attire. At least Snow was in her banded attire. Okay, I was about, I was about to say, like, regal. Like, well, he had on his regal thing, stuff. Or the... He had on, it, like, his princely cape type yeah, of thing. And she had, and she had, had like, bandity. Stuff. Yeah, she did. Although mm-hmm. it wasn't too bandity. It kind of looked... I don't know. It, it didn't look... No, I think it was the same costume. Was it? Okay, maybe it was. It, it didn't, like, for the brief second... I, I didn't pause it. So for the brief second, it looked like a little nicer than her usual bandit stuff. Not like maybe it's a different bandit, but also in the same style. Because it didn't look like the the one that looked like um, like it, you know it has a lot of like dark browns and tans. It looked a little lighter than that in colors. Yeah, I don't hmm. know. Interesting. Um, and then lastly, we got to see Hook dancing in a tavern with his full pirate gear on with the pirate, other pirates behind him. So, oh my god, we like, better get a Gaston sort oh of like, song in the pirate, <laughs> like, oh gosh, we like a He's pirate. gonna sing, I'll make a man out of you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be really exciting. I'm, I have been excited from the beginning. I know some people have been trepidatious about it, but um, I'm really excited. So I, I can't wait to see what we're going to get. Um, but those like little clips, like I was not expecting it. And I'm so glad that we got them because I freaked, I freaked out. It was great. Um, so if you haven't seen those, definitely go to our site and like look for the promo for the Black Fairy episode. Because uh, at the very end of that, you get the few clips for the musical episode. Um, so beyond that, after this last episode, they did a, um, they did a interview kind of talking about the musical episode and they gave some news about it, some different news that we haven't totally heard before. Um, they kind of asked, you know, what, what is going on with the musical episode? Like what is going on with the singing and the music and, um, Adam and Eddie said that the music and the singing is due directly tied to Emma. So, very interesting. Um, they said about the songs, they said, stylistically, each song is suited to the character's journey so that when we see Hook singing, we can, we can say that song does take place in a flashback and it fits totally in what a pirate would be thinking and what Hook would be thinking and therefore singing at the time we see him, which is kind of a pirate with a dark streak. In the same respect, when we see Snow and Charming song, there's a duet and a true love element to it. So the songs are definitely going to be done in the vein of the characters. It's not going to not make sense at all. It's going to make sense with their characters. Obviously, some of them will be in flashbacks. Some of them will be present day. Um, 
like for example there will be a kind of like a wicked theme song with selena um which makes sense there'll be a evil queen type song so we'll get all of those exciting things um also they asked you know with the singing happening are the characters going to be acknowledging that singing's happening or is it going to be like one of those things where the singing happens but nobody like acknowledges that they're singing or anything's going on and they said no the characters will be acknowledging that there's singing and dancing happening because that's not a normal thing that we've seen in the past with this show. So Yes, we're having a Buffy moment, but yes! <laughs> this is making me so happy. <laughs> it's going to be exciting. <laughs> um, so then some other exciting things came out this week, which I was not expecting. There was first look photos at Emma's wedding dress and at Hook's groom suit i guess you can say and there was also a photo posted today of leanne aguilera who is a journalist for et online she posted a photo with the couple together um there's a lot of divide and shit going on about this freaking dress but i'm gonna give my input I think it's pretty. Everyone can just shut up. I, like, it's pretty. It's, I will tell you what I don't like about it. The headpiece. That is what is throwing me off about the dress. It's the freaking headpiece. If it was on a smaller scale, or if it was a tiara, I think I would have liked it a lot better. Or if Emma's hair was down, I think I would have liked it much better. Otherwise, it kind of seems like it's too big for her head, almost. That's what's throwing me off about the the dress. Also, I typically like, because the dress has fine, like, you know when wedding dresses have those line of lots of tiny buttons? I like those on the back of dresses more than I like them on the front, which is what this dress has. It has all the buttons on the front of the dress, which is definitely different. But this dress is modeled almost exactly after Grace Kelly's dress. Um, wedding dress when she got married to the Prince Prince Albert, I think it was, of Monaco. Monaco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, and it's, it's, it's really pretty. The lace is really pretty. Um, the latest picture that was posted today by Leanne has a clear view of the lace, and the lace is very pretty on Emma's wedding dress. Um, it almost looks exactly like Grace Kelly's dress, It'll be interesting to see what it looks like with a full view in the show to see what different variations of the dress there is. But it it is very Grace Kelly. um, And Grace Kelly is gorgeous. And her wedding dress was beautiful. Um, It will be very interesting to see what it looks like in the show itself. Jeffrey, your opinion, please. I don't mind the dress. <laughs> I don't like <gasps> I don't think it's the most beautiful dress. I it's probably not the dress that I would have pictured Emma in. To be quite honest, I would have preferred something a little bit more fairy taleish. But after reading Jennifer Morrison's like input as to why she decided on that dress, how she decided to go instead of like fairy tale princess and more like modern day and princess. I'll read that if you want me to. I'll find it and read it. Yeah, I like if I, can find I it. respect her for her decision. Like she's played Emma 
for the past six years. So if she feels that that's Emma's dress, I'm going to go with it. And uh, yeah. Listeners, they both like it. I hate it. I think it's really, really, really. We've had to looking. listen to bitch about it for like two days now. Yes, I think it's. Re- <laughs> I think it's heinous looking. I think it no. looks like that lace looks cheap. It looks like my my abuelita's mantel. Like it's it's not it's not up to snuff. Hook on the other hand, get damn. I didn't think velvet suits would look <laughs> cute, but apparently they work on this man good on him holy moly like yes that that suit gives me everything i'll be honest i don't mind the look i just think it's too much black like i would have preferred had a lot of black had like the the you know the button-up shirt inside have been white like i think like it would have just popped a little bit more yeah even gray would have looked a little bit nice Mm -hmm. i think it's a lot of black but it, it looks nice it does it looks really nice and i i'm kind of like they took like a a giant step into the void going with velvet but i think it works <laughs> yeah it, it sort of fits his pirate you know it does pirate it does. chic mm-hmm. it, it, it does and I, I he looks he looks great he looks fantastic um definitely look at that picture of them together that was posted by leanne aguilera it's so cute oh my gosh they're gonna be they're they're beautiful they're a beautiful couple um but here's what jennifer morrison had to say about the wedding dress she said emma's wedding gown so much love and thought went into this dress just as once upon a time pulls from fairy tales and literature for the wedding eddie adam eduardo and i felt it would be wonderful to pull from the real life fairy tale of grace kelly it is a dress that represents the elegance and simplicity of classic timeless strength mixed with the delicacy of feminine fem hmm, feminine oh, i can't say this word femininity <laughs> femininity and vulnerability it is the ultimate balance that emma has been fighting for throughout the six seasons a wholeness a balance not all one thing or another but rather a moment that is genuinely truly authentically her without barriers and walls a woman surrounded by people she loves and is loved by willing to fight to protect them as well as herself the joy of a timeless balance so honored to wear such a beautiful gown Eduardo and his team created a piece of art once again the perfect way to end this round of 101 101 smiles which is a photo project she was doing on instagram okay and then there was one last thing in an article that was just posted post-mortem of the episode um they're talking about um actually no this was for a um spoilers into like may sweeps type spoilers things that are coming out this week um there was a picture posted of the finale where emma is apparently in asylum garb and it looks like she's in the asylum which is going off of a theory that we've talked about in the past and they were kind of talking about what's coming up and they said that um talking about a season seven the end of the finale the final scene of the finale will let you know what we're going to do in the event of a season seven. So all of our current character storylines will wrap up. And um, in the event of a season seven, we will have a final scene in the finale that leads into that. Um, Then we're going to quick over the press release for the next episode. The press release 
reads, In a flashback, after Rumpel's mother, Fiona, learns from his fairy godmother that his destiny is prophesied, she does everything in her power to keep it from happening. Ultimately, Fiona will have to make a decision that will change the course of both their lives forever. Meanwhile, in Storybrooke, Rumpel faces a similar dilemma. A similar dilemma. Okay. And then just like a quick guest star note. I didn't expect this, but the guy who plays Malcolm, Rumpel's father, like the aged version of Peter Pan, will be back in this episode. I wasn't expecting that, but uh, he will be back in this episode. Also, Tiger Lily will be back in this episode as well. So you can look forward to that. And then quickly going over the ratings, we did raise, rise, not raise, we rose from last week's 0.7 in the demographics to an 0.8. Eight in the demographics, and we rose just a tiny little bit in the millions of viewers to 2.68 million viewers. So hopefully with the hype of the musical episode, we will stay steady or even raise a tiny little bit. All right now, I like ending on a positive note. So on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Storybook Weekly Mirror. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror and subscribe. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Mirror. Follow us on Tumblr, storybrookeweeklymirror.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Thanks, announcer. Co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night. Good night, guys. Night, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror every Tuesday via iTunes and the Poppy Chulo Radio archives. Good night. Good night.